0: I, I don't know about you, but uh, what, a true, what a true blessing it is uh, to fellowship with one another. What a true blessing it is to be in fellowship with each other. And, and today, like, you know, it's funny we didn't plan it this way. Many times me and Amanda are planning ahead a lot of things, but there are other things that just kind of God weaves together. Uh, And, you know, I didn't tell Amanda what what I was preaching on this Sunday or anything, and she came to me and said, I want the kids to sing. Yep. And how we got to fellowship together again. Like, it's been, just take a moment. And appreciate that, that it's been over a year since we have all been in here singing together. Over a year. And today, we got to do that. The kids got to lead us in worship. And what a blessing uh, it was. You will, again, you will know, and as we continue, we've been looking at foundation. What is the foundation to faith, right? And as you recall, we talked about reading your Bible, praying every day. You should do that if you're not. We also talked about the importance as we studied Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, we talk about how Christ is our cornerstone. Christ is our foundation. That without the blood-soaked cross and without the empty tomb, we are lost we are a people without hope but with those things with those things and the veil torn you and i are more than conquerors in an instant god changed it all for us when we were so far from him God poured his reckless love on us. So much so that when we were destitute, when we were lost, there was always hope. We looked at love and the importance of love. Uh, many of you. Maybe you know or maybe you don't. Of course, Michael was not here with us last week. He was on vacation and he brought me back a gift. I don't know if you can read what that says. It's a mask that says Love Wins on it. Yeah, yeah, it's from the 9-11 memorial. He brought that back for me. I'm like, dude, you're already getting into training. I don't know why. <laughs> but thank you. And Micah preached on love, the foundational piece of love that us as believers love. We love God, we love other people. like that's foundational to being a Christian. Friends, I tell you the truth, if someone says to you that they are a Christian and does not have love, well, are they truly a follower of Christ? No. And then we moved on and we talked about holiness and we are a people of holiness holiness unto the lord god demanding holiness from us be holy because i the lord your god am holy it's not something that you and i get to say that's too hard no because god gives the great counselor his holy spirit to guide and lead us friends holiness Someone says to you, or you say, I'm a follower of Christ and are not working out through your holiness, I would suggest you are missing a big piece, a foundational piece. Peace. Last week we talked about stewardship, and yes, that does have something to do with tithing, but it is so much more than that. God has called us to be stewards of not only the finances that he has given us, but all resources he has given us, including our time, our talent, and the world around us, including one another, being good stewards is foundational to being a follower of Christ. And the last one I want to look at is fellowship. Now I know Captain's just telling us we got to go to church. And yes, I am, but there's more to it than just that. Because it isn't just about church attendance. It's so, so much more. You and I should be in fellowship with one another. You and I need each other. God created us for community. He didn't create us so that we were singular on our own. He created us so that we need other and whether you like that fact that you need me or not well you know just sorry it is what it is (laughs) I need you too. fellowship is important for a couple reasons it's important one because we need encouragement sometimes because life sometimes is hard. And I don't mean like a little bit hard. I mean like legit hard. Because, friends, if we are connected to the vine, the enemy will come after us. And you and I need the Holy Spirit, and you and I need brothers and sisters in Christ who encourage us to keep pushing forward. It was read a moment ago. I'm going to read a portion of what Mary Carol wrote, uh, read a moment ago, but in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, the writer of Hebrews says this, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing nearer. Friends, you and I are called to fellowship that too. But here's what I'm here to tell you, friends. You and I, I'm not talking about a friendship. I'm talking about something so much more, so much deeper than just being friends. You and I are family. (laughs) You and I will always be family. Not because we say, share the same gene, genealogical, gene, let's see, hard words. Not just because we share the same ken. See, so yeah, I changed it. I wasn't going to try again. I learned from my mistakes. Not just because of that. Because we, many of us don't. We're not related in that way. We are related on such a deeper level. We get to choose each other. Christ has laid it out. And for those of us who love Christ, we are melded and moved and sewn into the fabric of the family of God. It's not about friendship, although we should be friends. It's so much deeper than that. Romans 1, 11 and 12 says this, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Now, here's Paul. And if you've come on Tuesday, you'll know we've talked about this before because we're studying 1 uh, Thessalonians. But in almost every letter that Paul writes, do you know what he says? He almost always says, I long to see you again. Without fail, in almost every letter, he says, I want to see you again. That in and of itself is an encouragement. Like, it's encouraging that people want to be around you. But going even further than that, that is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Mutually encouraged. Now, I want you to understand, right? We're talking about Paul, who wrote half of the New Testament. Paul. Paul needed encouragement, too, so that you and I may both be encouraged. None of us are above or below having godly fellowship. We all need it. And then going, how can we encourage one another? Friends, by our faith. When I see you act in faith, do you know what that does to my soul? It is uplifting. It's an amazing thing to see when you and I act in faith. 1 Thessalonians five eleven says this therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing friends you you I have found that this core is pretty good at this let us continue to encourage one another Let us continue to build one another up. Because, friends, the world wants to tear us down. The world wants us ripped apart. The world wants to to divide all of us. The world wants to set you aside and say, You are insignificant. You are nothing. Sit there and shut up. No, no, no. You and I are called to encourage and build one another up. Even when we don't agree, in fact, even more so when we don't agree, we are called to build one another up. And, friends, I know, right? Because family gets messy. Sometimes it's hard to deal with family, and that's what we are, but, friends, Scripture lays out plainly for one another, for us, what we should do. Let us encourage one another in Christ. John 13, 34 says this, a new command I give you, you know? What does he say? That you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. See, like it's not a, choice, we can choose not to, but Christ commands that we love one another, that we encourage one another, that we have fellowship with one another. But fellowship isn't just for encouragement, fellowship is also for help. Ecclesiastes, anyone read Ecclesiastes? It's a good read. Ecclesiastes, see I got that word right. I'm one for two on big words today. Ecclesiastes four, starting with the ninth verse, says this: Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to them who is alone when they fall and have not another to lift them up. Again, If two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. You and I need help. Again, we are not islands. And as talented as you may be, as hardworking as you may be, as intelligent as you may be, you still need me. That that does two things. That does two things for me. One, it keeps me humble and recognizing I can't do it by myself. But the other thing it does is it encourages me because you can't either. It's a great thing because, friends, I need to be reminded I'm not by myself. Stop acting like you're by yourself. Proverbs 27 says this, and you, I'm sure you know this, iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Friends, part of help is not only physically helping one another when we need help, but also spiritually, intellectually, helping one another. Friends, that's what I love about the diversity of the family of God. Not only do we look different, in some things we think different, and it's good for us to have conversations and working through what that is so that we may sharpen each other. So that we may test and prove the scriptures and what God is calling for us, both individually and corporately. First Peter 4, 9 says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. <laughs> I'm good till that last part. Because I'll show you all kind of hospitality. You might not see me grumble, but I'm going to do it under my breath. <laughs> asking me for uh, wait till I sat down and then asked me to get you a glass of ice my wife does that to me all the time wait till I sit down may you and I serve one another may you and I show hospitality to one another without grumbling may it be joy to get to serve One another. For that is the example that we have in Christ. Amanda uh, posted something earlier in the week, and I don't know if you saw, but it was essentially what would you do if you knew it was your last day on earth? Would you buy a bunch of things? Would you party? Would you? Jesus knew, and he washed people's feet. just let that sink for a minute he knew his time and he chose to be a servant that blows me away Galatians 6 2 bear one another's burdens And so fulfill the law of Christ. Or John 17. Jesus talking that they may all be one just as you Father are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me I have given to them and they may be one even as we are one i in them and you and me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved them even as you have loved me friends you want the world to know a loving savior how are how is the church treating one another why would i ever want to be apart of something, If we don't treat each other well, why would I ever choose if we don't love each other? And friends, I want to be even clearer on this. It's not just about us who are sitting in this room. It's about the Baptists down the street and the Presbyterians further down and the pick your denomination who believe in Christ. We are all a part of the body of Christ. And if we want other people to want to be a part of this family, may we be as one as God and Christ are one. May we be in perfect union. So it's for encouragement, fellowship for encouragement, fellowship for help, but lastly... And an important one, fellowship fellowship is also for accountability. This one's a little harder. The other two are yay, fun, let's hang out, let's encourage one another, let's help each other. This one, accountability, although I would say is another form of help, is one that's a little more difficult. A little more difficult to do as Christ has called us to do. Colossians 3.16 says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I, I like the combination here from the writer of Colossians saying, let the word, right, let scripture dwell in you so that you can teach, so that you can admonish Right? Admonish meaning holding one another accountable, saying, hey, that, that wasn't good what you just did. But then it goes on, right? Singing psalms and hymns with thankfulness. Sometimes we treat accountability like, like I've got to come down Galatians 6, one brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. You see, accountability isn't about a position. It's not about authority. It's about love. It's about me seeing one of my family members who is straying and me caring so much that I share with you in love, that you are straying away. James 5, 16, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. If, If you are going to hold someone accountable and you are not in prayer with God, you better pump the brakes because you are not prepared. You do not have the words to say. James 5, moving on in the fifth chapter of James and verse 19, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. I love you so much that when you stray, I want to hold you accountable. And moreover, I love you so much that when you come to me and say to me, Captain, what was that? That I receive that in the spirit that it is given. First Corinthians 15 says this: Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You see, when, when we when we have these four foundations together and how they work together. Love, holiness, stewardship, fellowship, that bad character, that that peace, God weeds that out. God moves that out so that we are more like Jesus, so that we are the sanctified self. Because here's the great thing, right? The sanctified self, although it's more like Jesus, right, because we produce the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, right? We do that, but the cool thing about it is I still get to be Jonathan. And you still get to be you. Because each of us have a different talent. Each of us have different sense of humor.s Each of us have different giftings. Each of us come from different backgrounds like that's the really cool thing is that we are more like Jesus which makes us more like ourselves more like who God created us to be which is more like ourselves not weighted down by the world, not weighted down by poor decisions and sin, that our good character would come out. Because the scripture says, bad company corrupts good character. And friends, you and I are a family. A week and a half ago, um, we were at officers' councils, which was virtual. Um, it was really good. But the speaker, one of the things he said, he said a lot of things, a lot of good things. But one of the things he said that just kind of stuck with me, and I think it's because of my personality being a Christian is not a solo sport. And I think it's stuck with me because for so long I've cared so much about making a name for myself, about being someone so that people would see and look and look how uh and I just realized more and more that God is just kind of grinding that out of me. And it's a good thing. Because being a Christian is not a solo sport. You need me and I need you. Always. So this morning, I'm going to ask Evangeline if she'll come back and play. And as she's playing, will you allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life? Because one of the foundations of being a believer is fellowship. Right? And it is this. But this is just like one piece of it. This is, like I've said before, this is just the pep rally before the game. This is to get us ready for what's to come. But you and I can do fellowship together, not just when we're here, but in everyday life. You know, a lot of the thing that Paul said in the, in the book of First Thessalonians says, I am so grateful to share the gospel with you, but moreover, to be, to spend life with you, to do life with you. What a blessing it is to do life together. This morning, won't you come allow God to move in your heart